Hi, it's Mark Wasserman. Welcome to Ska Boom Stories, which is the audio companion to my new book, Ska Boom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History, now available for pre-sale through DeWolf Publishing House. Now that Ska Boom is in production, with a launch date of July 4th, I want to use this series to share a behind-the-scenes look at what readers can expect from the book. In 400-plus pages across 19 chapters, I've attempted to knit together the origin stories of groups of passionate musical pioneers who helped create a uniquely American version of ska and reggae. In this episode, I tell the stories of Lionel and Constant Bernard, two Haitian brothers from Brooklyn who played an influential role in the New York City ska scene of the mid-80s and early 90s. Lionel with the toasters and Constant with Second Step. Their ska stories are fascinating and are part of the larger story that young immigrants from all over the world played in building and creating the New York City ska scene of the 80s. But more importantly, nobody has ever talked about the fact that these two Haitian brothers, who had a unique flow and style, influenced the New York take on Jamaican music. Before I go any further, let's level set. Toasting, chatting, or DJing, which originated from Calypso in Trinidad, is the act of talking or chanting over a rhythm or beat. For some quick background, here's an abbreviated history on toasting. In the late 1950s, DJ toasting was invented by Count Machuki. Movements is the name of my thing, and you can't tell me who to suck it to. He conceived the idea after listening to disc jockeys on American radio stations talk over songs. In turn, he initially chatted over R&B music. King Tubby was a Jamaican sound engineer who created vocalist rhythm backing tracks, also known as dub plates, of songs without the vocals and later added echo and sound effects. In the late 1960s, toasting DJs included Uroy and Dennis Al Capone, who later was known for mixing gangster talk with humor. This version is way from creation. Now you could hear a play back on the track. Now hear the man come again. Rocking your soul, baby, so you'll never go home. As you told from the beginning, so shall it be the end. Gonna play it back again. This could be scarlet, shades of Hudson. Sounds good like you know. In the early 70s, toasting DJs included Iroy, Dillinger, and Big Youth, who became very popular. In the late 70s, Trinity followed. One and one is two, 
Most Americans probably heard Toasting for the first time in 1973 on songs featured on the Heart of a Come soundtrack, particularly Draw Your Breaks by Scotty. I think it's fair to say that American ska bands of the 80s who had toasters, like the Untouchables, the Toasters, an early version of the Boilers, and the initial lineup of my band, Bigger Thomas, were influenced by the highly visible role that Ranking Roger of the Beat and Neville Stable of the Specials both played in adding toast or chats to the band's songs. Several musicians of color I interviewed also mentioned Ranking Roger and Neville as the inspiration for becoming fans of ska and two-tone. Lionel and Constant immigrated to Brooklyn from Haiti with their mother in the late 70s when they were both kids. The transition wasn't easy and was particularly tough for Lionel, but living in New York City in the late 70s and early 80s exposed them both to many life-changing experiences. One in particular put Lionel on his musical path, which included a fateful and fearless decision to walk into CBGB's one day. I remember, never forget that thing. I took the train, and I ended up at the Bowery. So I'm walking down the Bowery, I'm walking down the Bowery and I saw CBGBs. I know it was CBGBs. I don't know what the hell it was. I saw CBGBs and I was like, and I saw a bunch of white kids. A bunch of white, it was a bunch of skinheads. I saw a bunch of white kids outside. I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, you know what? I'm going in. <laughs> I was like, I'm going in. So I went in and ended up being in front of the stage, in front of the stage. So everybody was quiet. I mean, it wasn't really quiet, but everybody was just standing up. And all of a sudden, this black band came out with Bad Brains. <laughs> this is a funny story because Bad Brain came out, right? Wait, wait, wait. The first, time, the first time you walk into CBGBs just by chance, you see Bad yes, Brains? Bad Brains. That's right. Lionel saw the Bad Brains the very first time he set foot in CBGBs. While the Bernard brothers adjusted to life in New York, they were embraced by Jamaican friends who introduced them to Jamaican culture and reggae. Lionel, who was the older of the two, received a scholarship to attend Kenyon College in Ohio. His time there was also life-changing. Constant explained the significance of this to both their lives. So now, what created a big difference in our lives in music when my brother, after high school, he went to uh, Kenyon College in Ohio. So when I went to Kenyon College, that was the time um, New Wave was like 
really entering American culture. And that movie, Animal House, came out during that time, I think. So my brother in that school, a lot of kids there, they were like preppies. And while he was there, I think he was influenced with that sound. So when my brother came home, after one year of college, I didn't recognize him. Because the way he dressed, he would dress like somebody straight from out of the album cover of the, uh, the specials. <laughs> now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you my side of the story because when Please. he came back, he came back, he came back with he came back with about four records or five records. I don't know all of them, but he came back with Gang of Four. He came back uh, with uh, the specials, B52s. Uh, I think um, Basement Five. So, you know. And I remember, like, I was about, you know, I just graduated from high school. So when I listened to this record, I never heard music like that before. Never. Never heard any sound like that before. But this record back then, I mean, I never heard sound like that before. You know, it's just like, wait a minute. Lionel met Sean Cavanaugh while he was in school, and the two bonded over their love of ska and reggae. When they returned to New York, the two of them, along with Constant, were among the earliest rude boys in New York City, helping to create and popularize ska culture among the bars and clubs in the East Village of the early 80s. Lionel shared how he and his brother and a group of like-minded friends started going out seven days a week and creating a social scene built around ska music. We started hanging out every Sunday. That's before the toasters. Every Sunday, all of us would go to the holiday cocktail lounge have a little box outside, listening to ska music, and then every week there will be like one more girl, two more guys, three more people showing up, you know what I mean, to join the team. Every, every week there will be four or five more people showing up to join the team. So that's how the whole thing started. A meeting with Rob Hingley at Blanche's, a popular ska scene bar on the Lower East Side, was the catalyst for Sean and Lionel to join the Toasters, who were then in transition from their earliest incarnation, into the Unity 2 era of the band that would bring them national prominence. Give ABCs a listen to hear the way the Unity 2 changed the toaster's sound.
the road for Constant becoming the toaster in the second step happened when he met Remy Sammy, the singer for Second Step, on the street, and she liked the way he looked and asked if he could toast. He said yes, even though he had no experience with a band or being on stage. Though he wasn't a trained singer or musician, and it took some time for him to get up to speed, he quickly became a performer and the center of attention on stage for the band. More importantly, he created his own unique style, combining his love of reggae singers like Yellowman and Uroy and Creole, which was his first language in Haiti. Before you joined the band, you never you never performed, is that right? You never no. been, never no. been a singer, never toasted before. No, well, in terms of toasting, that was taking place in the bathroom at home because back then, being in the East Village, socializing, and then um, like also you know, once the more reggae I heard, like you know, you Roy, uh, Yellow Man, the more I was like influence in that sound. I practice it at home all the time, you know, you know, doing blah, 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 you know, just trying everything, you know. But now when it comes was time to be in a band and so in my mind I never felt like I'm doing a fake Jamaican sound. That wasn't my my thing at all. My thing was just like, guess what? I'm learning how to speak English right now. <laughs> 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 this is all the language I'm putting together, uh, what I hear, and, uh, and then uh, create my own uh, style. Remy, who was a singer in Second Step, has acknowledged his unique style based on his Haitian background. You know, every time I listen to him, you know, sing and chat, I uh, think about this, the same thing. It's like, well, yeah, he has a different flow because, you know, he's a different guy. He's, you know, he doesn't come from this old... Jamaican Patois. The band's most well-known song, Opportunity, features Constance chatting.
Constant and Remy's bandmate in Second Step, Zachary Ross Morgan, shared the following about his bandmate. Quote, Constant was such a showman. One night I looked over at him and he had these hair clippers with a fucking light mounted on them. And during a rap, he was shaving half of his head with these clippers with a headlight on them. Seriously, the crowd went wild and the band went wild. You'd never know what he'd do on stage. The Toasters were at the forefront of the initial New York City ska boom of the 80s, becoming one of the first bands to tour the U.S., with Sean and Lionel up front bringing the two-tone one-two punch. Later, the two left the band and formed the Unity Two, mixing ska, reggae, and hip-hop together, while the Toasters transitioned into the Cooley Ranks era. All of this and more is detailed in Ska Boom. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ska Boom Stories. The book is now available for pre-sale through DeWolf Publishing House at DeWolf, D-I-W-U-L-F dot com. The first 500 pre-sale orders will receive a free 80-minute CD mix called Ska American Style, courtesy of DJ Chuck Wren and Jump Up Records, which digs deep into the obscure world of privately pressed records, proving that American ska roots were firmly planted during the 80s alternative music underground. Visit DeWolf.com to order. And if you've listened and received some value from this episode, then please help support the podcast for as little as $3 per month on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com backslash Podcast for more information. Thanks and take care.